Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Tiger Woods Show right here on the number one podcast network for professionals. It is the Believe Network. Cam Rogers with you. I'm alongside Bridget Whalen. We thank you for tuning into this program here as perhaps you are looking for an escape from the political world right now. We totally understand that and we are here for you as we get you going this week with the Houston Open and then next week. There's that thing called the Masters Tournament, yes, in November, so we'll have full coverage for that in a week's time, but of course, we'll talk about this week's tournament, last week's tournament, and some other interesting nuggets of information right here on the podcast. Hit us up on social media. I am on Twitter, at Mr. Rogers 99 and on Instagram, at Mr. Rogers 98 You can follow Bridget on Twitter and Instagram, at Bridget K. Whalen. One interesting little piece of this show at the end, Bridget and I will share our favorite early master storyline that does not involve Tiger Woods directly, what are those storylines? We'll talk about them later in the show. But first, this is the Tiger Woods Podcast, of course, presented by Bet Online. Yes, football is in full swing. Golf, the Masters next week. You might not be at the game or the tournament this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always the online casino as well. That never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Bridget Whalen, welcome into the show. And I think the real question is, will we know the winner of the presidential election first or the winner of the Masters first next week? I mean, you got to go with the president, right? I don't know. Who knows at this point? How are you? I, I would like to say president, but you're right. Maybe we will find out who wins the Masters. And I got to say, either way, I'm probably going to be much happier with whoever wins the Masters. <laughs> that's, my, that's my two cents on that. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So last week, of course, we had the Bermuda Championship, the first tournament on the tour schedule since the shutdown that has had fans there. Brian Gay, the elder statesman, if you will, winning the tournament. Good for him. Fantastic putter. Sometimes he pops off and wins or finishes inside the top five. That was the case last week. Wyndham Clark finishing in second. Somebody you like a lot, Bridget. And obviously there was a playoff that was involved, but your overall assessments of the week and as we enter the Houston Open. Yeah, I mean, uh, really upset for Wyndham. He'll get his win eventually. I think that he's just such, he's such a fast player. He really, I love watching him play. It, it's enjoyable and, and he, he, he it just, it wasn't there and it was unfortunate. I think that 
Brian Gay was surprised and shocked as much as anyone that he won, but good for him. I like that you called him the elder statesman. That's great. He's a little up there, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. How I, yeah, he's in his late 40s. And Wyndham Clark's only 26 years old. He has a long way to go. He's honestly, I think that that tournament was his. And I think he will take a lot from that. You know, I think you win the most when, or sorry, you learn the most when you are in a position to win. And he was right there and he had nerves of steel. He really didn't seem like anything was bothering him when he, he needed to birdie 18 to win. And, and obviously he didn't, it went to a playoff, but he, he still, he really was like steady Eddie. So I was really upset that he lost that playoff, but I do think it, it was a great learning experience for Wyndham and he's going to get a win, multiple wins. He'll, he'll get there eventually. Just a little bummed. Doc Redman finishing tied for fourth. He's a guy who's playing really well and a guy we've talked about, Bridget, as well. Denny McCarthy tied for fourth, really good putter, and he's playing better with his irons and what have you. So an interesting uh, leaderboard, no doubt. What did you make of the fans that were in attendance? And, of course, we'll have some this week at the U.S. or uh, at the Houston Open. Yeah, also just want to give a shout-out to Will Zalatoris. That guy is solid. Like, he, he is definitely one to watch, and I think that he – is going to pop off like really, really soon. And it shouldn't be a shocker to anyone. I was, um, it's unsettling to see fans. It's, it's just. Makes you cringe a, a bit, right? Yes. Only because it's a little unnecessary. And we've said this before, but I do think that, yeah, that's like a, a total separate entity. You're out on an Island. Like it's, it's a different scenario there will be fans in Houston. So I think it was like a good buffer, a good prep. I just, at this point in time, I, I don't really see it as being necessary. I think that's, it's an unnecessary risk. Sure. It's nice. Like it's great. I'm glad that people got out there and got to see live golf. Like that's awesome, especially in that environment. There's nothing like Bermuda. I spoke about this last week. It's probably one of the best places I've ever visited in my life. And like it's a paradise and it's so close to us, but I just don't think that we don't need fans. We just don't need fans. It's unsettling to see at home, to see it on the TV. And honestly, I think that for, from a player's perspective, it's also probably not like high on their list of things they want to have to think about, or even have to consider something going awry in, in that situation with a fan or fans in general, just, you have to think about all the things that can happen. I like anyone else, I want to see fans back at PJ tour events. I just don't think that we are at that point in time. And it's just, it's weird to me to see them there. And I don't know if that will just go away, if, if that's like a desensitization thing. But as of right now, I still like, I, I don't like it. It's unsettling. I gave it the eye roll and, and that, that's what I have to say about it. Eye roll emoji to the max. I want to talk about this more because obviously fans will be at the Houston Open and then you have the Masters next week and you have players playing this week who will be traveling to play next week at Augusta National. So Houston Open, kind of an interesting little coincidence here, Bridget. Typically, or at least in the past, it was always the week before the Masters, and the Houston Open was always this little tune-up where they had the course sort of set up like Augusta National. All of that changed last year when it was implemented as a a fall tournament, if you will, Lanto Griffin winning last year. And now you have the Masters in November, so it's almost like deja vu. So kind of an interesting 
little sequence. Uh, Memorial Park Golf Course, a municipal course, par 72, 7,400 yards, five par fives, and five par threes. So a really unique setup. When you have these local public courses, typically they're easier off the tee, typically birdie fests as well. So we could see a lot of scoring, especially with so many par fives. So I think this is really going to be an interesting test. And I wonder if it is going to mimic Augusta National at all. Dustin Johnson is in the field. Phil Mickelson is in the field. These guys obviously playing next week at the Masters. Tiger Woods not playing this week. Hideki is in. Tony Finau as well. But here is the bottom line as we talk about fans. And then, of course, we can get into the picks and all the analysis. But... So Phil is playing this week at the Houston Open, not playing the Champions Tour. You have to wonder, is there risk for these players, especially the likes of DJ and Finau, who actually probably have a realistic shot at the Masters as compared to Phil Mickelson, in terms of being there at the tournament and amongst fans? And what we know about this virus, Bridget, right? How you have the aerosols and the particles traveling, and it's almost like... Do you want to roll that dice? I guess the answer is yes for the likes of Phil, DJ, and Finau. Well, DJ and Finau, they don't have to worry about it. Oh, that's they true. They had COVID. <laughs> yeah, so, so they're, they're scot-free. Harry Higgs, he withdrew, so he, he's he's out this week. I think that for DJ and Finau, they're, I mean, they, they got nothing to lose at this point. I think your immunity is like four up to four months after. That's like the conjecture. But I get what you're saying. Is that an unnecessary risk for players in the master's field? Yeah, I, I said it. If, if I was a player who had not contracted COVID-19 and I had an invite to the master's, I would not be playing a tournament that has any wrinkle where the probability of me getting coronavirus is upped at all. So I just the proximity of these two tournaments is is crazy to me. It's just it's a little it, it's very uh, untimely. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Spieth playing this week as well, and I mean he hasn't gotten COVID yet, from what we understand. So that's a risk for him. So I think you know it's definitely an interesting little angle here as we enter the masters and you know you're seeing these flare-ups a little bit across the nfl for example uh, my baltimore ravens are dealing with covid right now marlon humphrey fantastic cornerback got it and there's a whole sort of process that's going on with the ravens so it is really interesting and hopefully everything goes smoothly and maybe bridget this is the grass is always greener side of things this is a little bit of a blueprint going forward for 2021 where maybe we have more tournaments with 2,000 fans and, you know, the PGA Tour realizes, okay, maybe we can make this work. Again, I don't think we should, and you agree with me on that too. Like, we really don't need to do this, but maybe they will and think that, you know, 2,000 fans is okay. Yeah, I, that's definitely the first step. You You cannot go back to full capacity. I just think that this is going to be an ever-evolving situation, and I feel like, in order to figure out what works, we're like still too deep in it to, to even sort of make any traction. When what I mean by that is we're not really in a situation where we have the capacity to sort of like verify or moderate 
the people who come in and out of tournaments. And that that's my one stipulation. If you could figure out how you could, I, obviously you're not going to be able to test 2000 people ahead of time. <laughs> so that's just unrealistic, but things are going to be evolving and changing. And I think that we're not at, at a point yet in time where this is a necessary risk. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Speaking of Dustin Johnson, he is the favorite seven to one in the field here. By the way, his first start in November since 2008. So maybe a different feel for him here at the Houston Open. What should we expect from him? Because I'm really going to watch the tape this week, if you will. Really do some film study on this guy because I want to know how he's performing, how he's playing and use that information for the Masters. Because if things look wonky and he's a little bit all over the place, I'm not going to have him on my short list of guys who I think are going to win. But he's a he's a rest player, right? <laughs> he gets rusty. So True. I say, yeah, I say pump the brakes on him with that. He hasn't played. He had to take time off. That wasn't a choice. It, it was mandatory for him. And honestly, I think that he is one of those guys, and I'm not calling DJ old, so all y'all out there, <laughs> get it. He's in a, he's, he's 36, right? Mid-30s. Mm -hmm. He's not old, no, but he's definitely one of those players that I think time off affects him a little bit. He, he's in my he, – I call it my rust belt. He's one of those guys. So, I don't know. I think – playing for obviously he had to play this week so yeah he doesn't play in November but he, he had to and uh, I don't know he he DJ and Augusta for me is is he on your short list for next week no he's not okay he he definitely is not he he had he been like let's go back a couple months when he was sort of on fire and, and people were throwing out that DJ is that guy that if he's on, you can't beat him. Like the media likes to toss that around for the hot guy of the moment. But I do tend to agree that yes, that is true for Dustin Johnson because his game is all pervasive. There are every part of it is good. If he, if he's playing well, I just don't think that at this point in time, he he isn't doing it for me. And I don't think he's going to do well this week in Houston. And I'm not saying that that's going to mess with his head or anything because I don't think that DJ is is that mental of a player. I, I do tend to think that people underestimate how genius he is in the sense of golf. I, I definitely don't fall into the category of putting DJ in that like caveman scenario where they think he's like hit ball far no I he wins too much to be like that. that absolutely and I've read how meticulous he is how maybe a little OCD he is about things he definitely is meant his mental fortitude is there but I do think that he is a player that compounds stuff so like if things aren't clicking and yeah I know he shot 80 and 78 I get it like we've brought that up a million times but that's that was very rare that was isolated this is a weird year I hate bringing that up like oh he was playing so poorly and then he won like yeah it's it's not all connected in the sense for me but something like this where I don't think he's going to play that well this week I think there's going to be rust and then I think that's going to affect preparation for Augusta all right, before we get to a little bit about Augusta next week, uh, let's do our picks early here for this week, Bridget. The Houston Open. Who are you going with? I'm going with Tony Finau, which 
Uh, I know. Tony, you got to win more. I'm going with you this week. He's the third-ranked player in the field, and I just he, – he's come back from COVID. He's, he's ready. I don't know. I'm just making up this narrative now, but I'm going with Tony Finau this week. He's one of the elite players in the field. I mean, you can't really go wrong with him, so I like the pick. By the way, both of our picks last week missed the cut. Harold Varner somehow missed the cut. I don't know. He was playing so well. And then By a mile, he yeah. did. Yeah, it was brutal. And Tyler McCumber missed the cut as well. So Bridget's $1 million lead is still intact here in our little battle. So, Wait, with- I have to interject real quick because yeah. I heard from Tyler McCumber himself. We got a little uh, a message. I'm, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. And he said, you were a bad back nine away from a weekend rally. It's out there for the taking. Oh, inside source. I mean, that's a primary source right there. Not even that's right. The Unbelievable. Pick, the pick gave his own analysis. Oh, <laughs> God. That's pretty sick, actually. It's all full circle on the show here, folks. Yeah, absolutely. So shout out to Tyler McCumber. Okay. So with that, I'm going with Scotty Scheffler. And I'm going off of his performance at the Zozo Championship. Let the field and strokes gained off the tee he's a premier driver of the golf ball and then also he ranked fourth in tee to green so I think those are two repeatable stats this week at the Houston Open driving will be really interesting because it's a longer course and obviously you have those par fives so I think Scotty takes advantage and gets into the winner's circle at the Houston Open so there you have it Smooth swing and Scotty. I just have to say Tony Finau tied for 11th in the Zozo, so game on. There you go. We'll see what happens. Please, God, just make the cut. That's all I ask these days, really. Every uh, week, we just need you to yeah. make the cut. <laughs> please, please. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Masters a little bit. A couple of interesting little nuggets here. First of all, Bryson DeChambeau, who obviously is somebody we will be talking about next week, will be sporting a DraftKings logo Next week, he'll be the first golfer to wear a logo of a sports betting or fantasy sports company during the Masters. On June 1st, the PGA Tour approved a policy change that allowed players to have sponsorship deals with betting operators specifically. And really, the PGA Tour has welcomed this whole betting aspect now. It used to be a taboo sort of deal, but now they're pushing out content from DraftKings on their social media accounts. You have, for instance, the match, two between Phil and Tiger and, of course, Manning and Brady. They had some odds that were going throughout the uh, event. Obviously, that wasn't a PJ Tour event, but you know, you saw this sort of coming, the foreshadowing, if you will. So, for the PGA Tour to kind of embrace this sports betting aspect, I think is a good thing, Bridget, for the game. Golf is the fourth most popular sport on DraftKings daily fantasy games. So, I mean, I think it's a great way to get people involved, especially as golf is competing with the NFL. Yeah, so he's going to be the first golfer to wear a logo of a sports betting or fantasy sports company. And it's going to be during the Masters. (laughs) Isn't it a weird oxymoron, by the way? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you can't run on the course. (laughs) You can't sit. (laughs) Like, I... It's uh, sacrilegious is the only word I have. That's the the word uh, of, of Masters Week. That is the... Besides 
unlike any other, sacrilegious. Mm -hmm. so, uh, I, I also think it's good. I, I really don't have a lot to say about this. I think it's good. I think it's progressive for the game. And if we're all a part of this Grow the Game initiative, you got to hop onto all the trains. And this is a train that, like, we are very, very late to hop on. <laughs> uh, like, off-track betting has been around forever. Horse race betting is, like, a literal pastime. So I think that right. golf kind of has to accept that this is this is where we're going. It's a whole new industry, and there is no better way to get somebody – invested in a sporting event than have their own money on the line. And I think this is really an interesting little piece here that we'll see from Bryson. And we'll see if other players follow suit as well. DraftKings has done a ton of advertising, Bridget. I don't know if you watch Monday Night Football, but during the mini commercials, if you will, when they have the field still showing in the bottom right, they have the DraftKings commercial playing on the left-hand side of your screen. And so – they're shelling out a lot of money. FanDuel's doing a lot of content as well. And many daily fantasy sports companies are coming to the fray too. I assume, Bridget, you typically don't have any skin in the game in terms of money when you watch PGA Tour events. But yeah, I mean, you know, perhaps bringing in the casual fans, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, it's getting people to engage. And who doesn't want that? Absolutely. And certainly going to be a lot of money thrown in to the Masters next week. So, of course, we'll be talking about it in length then. But I did want to kind of give an early glimpse about our favorite storylines that don't involve Tiger Woods. We'll talk plenty of Tiger Woods in the next seven days. Uh, Bridget, what do you make of the Masters as your favorite storyline that isn't TW related? Okay, this isn't going to be a shocker. Spieth, my hmm. boy, my golden boy, golden child. He's not a child, golden man. I don't know exactly how this is going to play out. If I could sort of mold a crystal ball of my perfect, most enjoyable masters, but it would be some sort of redemption for Spieth, obviously with him wearing the green jacket in the end. Redemption in the sense of what happened when Danny Willett put that jacket on. Redemption in the sense of what's happened since he won the 2017 Open. Redemption in the sense of what's happened this year. He's so forthcoming. The sound bites that we have heard from him are so honest. When he said how anxious and nervy it is to get on the tee and not know where your ball is going to go, that is so human. He lets us in, and I love it. I love Spieth. I haven't professed my love for him so much on this pod because as of late, he just hasn't been doing well. But when Spieth, and you and I, Cam, we agree on this. When Spieth is playing well, he is so enjoyable to watch. So enjoyable. So I want him to, whether he dominates and goes wire to wire, which is a, probably a pipe dream, but not so long ago that was reality, or – he has a back nine rally on Sunday and he comes from behind and it's like almost funny that he wins, like seeing a Spieth laugh or sort of that jovial spirit. I want it back. I want Spieth in a green jacket. And that's my storyline. If there is a tournament where you have a player just randomly pop up 
and play well despite coming in with bad form. It can be the Masters sometimes, and it can be Jordan Spieth. Obviously, he has really performed well at this tournament. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I like it, though. I like it. Here's what I'm going to go with, and it's not player-specific. I'm talking about the course, Augusta National, and I think the real key is maintenance. Now, the word is maintenance can control conditions regardless of the month, and I believe that. But the question is, will it be a replica of what you see in April? And my answer to that is probably not. In April, Bridget, I mean, we've seen the Masters sometimes. It can be rainy and sloshy and play long in November. It could be drier. It could be faster. It could be firmer. So I think this could be a different golf course in a way. And you have to wonder, how does preparation fall into all of that? This is a very weird year. Tiger Woods has talked about how preparation for this Masters is very unique. How you have Phil Mickelson playing this week and Dustin Johnson and Tony Finau, but some guys taking some time off, Bryson DeChambeau, for example. And how does this create a potential first-timer scenario? Is Fuzzy Zeller's accomplishment up in the air could somebody else a first timer next week at the masters win you don't know because you have to wonder if this playing field is flattening a little bit because of this quote-unquote new golf course in november as compared to april so i think this really does create a chain reaction effect with the field and we're going to hear some quotes next week about how the course is set up how it's playing and i will be really interested to hear if it is significantly different than April Augusta or not at all. So, or maybe something in between. So that's where I'm at. How will Augusta national play? And I will give you a bonus storyline. I'm cheating a little bit. <laughs> the curious case of Rory McIlroy. I mean, the career grand slam, we're going to talk about it. I'm sure he was T 17 at the Zozo championship. Not great, but solid. Does he have a shot to uh, complete that Grand Slam? And I would say right now, he's probably inside the top 13, 14, but probably not inside the top 10, in my opinion, just because of his recent play. So that's my bonus storyline. But yeah, Augusta National, the course. What are we in for? That's my uh, big focus. I think that maybe the tradition, unlike any other, will be replaced by play longer than any other. That's really what I think is going to be a decisive factor. The course is, is going to play long. It's it's going to be cold, colder. I right. hate to say the word cold. It's like ridiculous, but cold, not, not majorly colder than April. But it, I do think that you are, you were right. It's going to play different. And I think that the players who have that advantage, who have played there in different seasons or just at different times of year, they do have a, a major leg up. It's going to be interesting, and I can't wait to hear what the players have to say about this course, especially Tiger Woods's thoughts and whether his game plan is going to change at all in the way in which he plays. Uh, but we'll uh, have more on that, of course, right here on this very show. 
That's going to do it for this edition of the Tiger Woods Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast and Network. And, of course, hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think about the program. I will be doing my uh, radio tour, if you will, my press tour next week, talking with uh, the fine folks across the country, uh, getting you set for the Masters Tournament. So I'll be posting about that on Twitter as well. Bridget, uh, anything else on your end? Not much. I'm going back up to the Northeast. Um, so I'll be up there, I think, for Sunday of the Masters. But there you go. we'll talk before then. Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. This has been the Tiger Woods Podcast. And for Bridget Whalen, my name is Cam Rogers. We'll talk to you next week. Masters week. Let's go. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.